and thank you for downloading the Reality Bite Cocktails and Roses. I'm Washi Ginsberg. This is Alicia Aitken-Radburn. How do you do? I am great. We are really reaching that pointy end of Bachelorette 2020. I'm like a bit nervous to be letting go to this series for another year. It's been so fast. I think that's the thing that's like people forget the first season of The Bachelor was, I think, we shot for 10 weeks. I think it was only 12 or 14 episodes the first season with uh, Tim Robards. It was a very quick, quick show compared to what we've become used to, this kind of long year of batch. Uh, but we've seen some fantastic men. Uh, each lady is coming down to their top three. Have How do you feel about the decisions the ladies have been making so far, Alicia? Look, I'm intrigued about them and we can delve into this a little bit further because I think there's some discussion to be had about um, what goes into some of the ladies' decisions when they get to this end part. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that a little bit deeper into this episode. So if you haven't if it's Thursday night when you're listening to this, that means you've just watched the, the, the latest episodes and good for you you're a great listener we love you if you haven't that's fine hit pause on this scroll over to the 10 play app watch both episodes 7 and 8 and then we'll play some music and we'll get into it All right, we open on a. I mean, this this Bachelorette season, uh, despite the the lack of of hosting, uh, it's also had to deal with the fact that we're in a pandemic and we're very limited with what we can do as far as group dates go. So the baby date has made a comeback. Uh, famously, showed up first in Richie's season um, when the babies. As we, I now bear in mind the babies these guys have got. There's a laptop connected to them. They've got Bluetooth. No. They're used yeah, they're used in high schools as a way to train kids in in HDPE on um you know this is what it actually takes so be careful where you put your willy this is where it, this is what it takes when you you know to raise a baby and I remember standing there with a laptop watching the person that was in charge of all these babies and they've got accelerometers in them and I won't throw any particular bachelorette under the bus but there was one particular bachelorette who he said no one's ever dropped a baby that many times. <laughs> My God, I love the baby date because it really go like it, it produces some quality moments. Not I, I, I particularly liked the Android babies this season, but I, I tell you which one I loved, Osher. I loved it was. I'm gonna say it was Ali's season, and they, they weren't babies. They were a little bit more grown up. They were about like I'm gonna say kindergarten age, and we were dressing them for school, and their limbs were just like flying. Yeah. Off. yeah. That 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 was an, that was an interesting one. That was the uh, uh, um, Angie's Angie's one where where poor old Tim was disassembling oh, the baby while he's trying to cross. He was the Angie, line. yeah. But this is the the classic fish out of water. It's the three men and the baby. It's the classic trope of I don't know what to do. It's the it's the dad who's never had an idea of what to do, and suddenly the ladies come in and they they drop it onto the lads. We're going to need this 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 and this done. Who do you, who did you think? Who did you pick was going to? Just absolutely nail this. 
I, I always lean towards the older guys, a bit more life experience. So I was expecting Becky's guys who do sort of lean into the older category. We've got a few guys in their 30s. I expected them to do well, but the standout for me that I was just so pleasantly surprised at, and I think it's something to do with the newie in him, Joe was just amazing. He very like a lot of paternal instinct there. So it was really nice. He was, he was both doing a great job of the baby rearing and the domestic duties. And Osha, I've got to ask, how do the Android babies, you've recently had procured a baby. No, we didn't procure procure one. It was delivered by my wife. Uh, We created it. We didn't just like roll down to the shops and go, this one will do. Yours is not attached to a laptop. It is Um, not. How does it compare? How do the Android babies compare to your real life experience with a created child? Um, I think the Android baby is, how do I put this? Um, It's kind of like the difference between playing a a driving game uh, on the computer or on your phone, you're playing a driving game on your phone, and if there's a, you know an accident, you're completely fine. There's no risk involved. Mm. Yes. Right. But when you have a real-life baby, if you do what Fraser and James did and leave it in the pool, you have now drowned a newborn. And this, I don't know if you realise in our society, comes with consequences. And <laughs> so it's it's basically play playing act play acting the, the the business without the consequence of this is human life and you must cherish it and the other thing i guess is when you look into the baby's eyes you you have what happens you know not with an android baby what happens with your own child and this happened with georgia as well my stepdaughter this thing happens in your brain and it just flicks and suddenly you are no longer the most important person in the world Everything you do, everything you want to do is to provide for this small human who is as yet incapable of dealing with the world at its full force. And that informs every decision. When you're playing with an Android baby, you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's binging. It says it's wet itself. You know, it's so you, you kind of you're missing out that you don't have that switch way at the back of your brain that will make you march through another night of no sleep. You're like one of those amazing ants that gets taken over by the symbiotic parasitic fungus that makes it crawl to the top of the tree to get eaten <laughs> by a bird. You're like now just kind of this robot that runs. You know what I'm talking about. Um, they, you're they, just kind they, of driven they, by they, this deep thing. These android babies are not the only sort of babies to be gracing Bachelor Nation recently either because we've just had Tara's baby announcement taking us back a couple of seasons. Did you see that one? Good for her. No, I'm off Instagram because I value my mental health Um, uh, and Facebook as well. Get it off your phone. Do yourself a favor. Uh, What happened? Tell me about it. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm not one for, I'm not super into a gender reveal or like a, a a baby announcement. I can, I can get around if it's super creative. And this one was, they are on their honeymoon currently off some, where I was fantasizing we would do Bachelor in Paradise, basically somewhere off the coast of Australia. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, and they sent up, they're sitting on a beach. Um, her partner like lets the champagne go, splashes all over her. And then this drone, you know, we love drones here at Cocktails and Roses. It lifts up from the ground and then in the sand, it's got baby due May 2021. That's how they announced it. 
There you go. Very cool. Good, good very for cool. you, team. Well done, Tara. I'm very happy, very proud. That's just, that's lovely. <laughs> um, Shannon got the extra time with Becky because, you know, maturity and Joey washed mm-hmm. a lot of plates, which Becky was, which Ellie was very impressed at. For some people, it doesn't take much. <laughs> Acts of service may be her love language. Maybe washing plates is what she needs. Yes, I've read that book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there you go. All it, all it took was wash a couple of dishes, mate, and you're in. <laughs> I get, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm a bit worried. And I think this goes on towards the hometown dates. I'm a little bit worried mm. that Joe is more into Ellie than Ellie is into uh. Joe. And I, I'm really intrigued about their history because I haven't really been able to figure out through the show how it like we we know that they've had the weekend together we know that they like they have that history but I haven't been able to figure out you know who cut it off who and I feel yeah. like it could have been Ellie I absolutely look let's be honest if, if we've all had that weekend we've mm. all had that weekend there's always one person who's like well until they say no I reckon I can keep doing this because it's nice you know but eh, if it goes away I'll, I won't be so gutted you know, so we've all had that, you know, and we're on, on either side of this situation. And I kind of think you're on the money there. I kind of think that he might be crossing his fingers, hoping to, you know, that, you know, watching the movie the second time will have a different ending. And we never know, I, you know, maybe he's changed, maybe because he will have had to have changed to make a different decision. I also always wonder when it comes to someone that the bachelor or bachelorette is familiar with. This is so cynical of me, but I'm like, it's it's a really big thing to put your life on hold and go on this show. Mm. And I wonder that sometimes whether the bachelor or bachelorette like takes them to the end because they want them to like have get the most out of the experience that they possibly could. But then it's sort of like if if Joe starts to really properly fall for her in the process, then you've got a, someone that's heartbroken at the end and you're not really you, doing them a favour. You, you never know. Like the only reason, the only, I, I personally feel that like the only way that this would work would be if he can prove to her that he has, something has changed within him or, mm. she, or something's changed within her. And we've still got time. We've still got time. You know, there's still opportunity for each of them to have that growth moment. And, and you know, you can wake up in the morning believing one thing and go to bed at night believing another and wake up the next day and do something completely different. So it can happen that fast. So um, that would be a brilliant character arc if it did occur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because oh my you know, every... Yeah, every, in every story, your heroes have to be different in right before the credits roll from when you first met them after the opening scene. Uh, well, so we may as well, we may get there. Speaking of character arcs, what have you thought about, like, Adrian's had a severe character arc through Batch. Yeah. He sort of was having these conversations where he was like, I don't really want to chat about the future very much. Like, just be chill. Like, whatever. Like, let's, uh, it was like, it was really frustrating for me to hear when you're like, I feel like being the Bachelorette and going on one of these shows, it comes with this, like, um, underlying understanding that we're here for serious reasons. I like yeah. to think so. I mean, we're here for the right reasons. It's the catch cry of our series. And now yeah. all of a sudden Adrian's like, yeah, I'm ready for 
I'll be ready for some kids in a year. I'm, and he, it's it's real. It's been a real pivot for Adrian through this series. I think we've all caught ourselves. We've all caught ourselves. You know, it's usually when you're in the bathroom and you've gone, bloody hell, I'm doing that thing that I always do. I've spoken the words that have come out every time this happens. Is that really how I feel anymore? You know, it's not. <sighs> all right, get back out there and do something different. And. That's a part of of rewiring your brain. That's a part of changing your behavior. You know, sometimes things can come out as a reactionary, you know, these are just like almost a script that you repeat when you're in a situation. And we all have that moment, usually in front of the mirror, and you look at yourself and go, what are you doing? This is the thing you do every time, and every time it ends the same way, stop it, do something different. And that's where transformation happens. That's where growth happens. And how do we know he hasn't had that moment? How do we know that he oh. hasn't had a moment, you know, that, that didn't make the cut where another one of the blokes went, mate, what are you, what are you doing? She's right into you. And he hasn't gone, you know what? You're right. We haven't, we might not have seen that. He might've done it by himself. He might've had a moment, but I'm really happy to oh, that's the thing I love about the show. I love watching the men change. I love watching the men change because it's just the most powerful thing. He's really opening up. And I, I think he likes to think that he's more grown up than other people might look at him. You know, they see this, here's this ripped kite surfing, you, you, party, party. Um, is that just the image that he's, you know, projecting? Or do you think he's actually got, he's he's a little more worldly? Well, I think with the whole Adrian situation, I, as, as I, I like your optimism, Osha, but I, I like, has he had this learning moment? I'm not sure. Yeah, it could have happened and and we might not have seen it. But I I sometimes think that sometimes you just, it's sort of like that, that, that cliche that you hear about, like when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And I, I worry that Becky, cause I can really see within them that they definitely have this physical chemistry. Like Becky is so freaking hot for Adrian. Like you can just see it. And I think it's why it's carried him through this far, but I do worry that I think sometimes we have a tendency to project onto people what we like put them like ah uh, can't really fig- can't land on the word but it's like an illusion that we've created of what this person's going to be in our mind and we project it onto them. You know who did that? Me about Jules on the first season of Bachelor in Paradise. Well, like you know, you know I- there we've all done it. <laughs> Yeah, we've we all have. done it. We've we've all seen this person. We've gone, oh, we've written our future. We've got it together, and it it, it drills so quickly and so hard into our brain. Uh, and then we get there, and this person isn't that. And then, in my experience, we then become upset at them for not being the thing that we've yes. decided they should be. <laughs> and it's, and not it's their like. Fault. Yeah, it's, it was, it really, it kind of like at the end of the day on reflection, like obviously I think that there was some objective stuff that we could discuss at like, you know, after paradise, but um, but I, I had, a lot of it was my issue in the sense that I had created this narrative of who I thought this person was mm. because I was like, we were physically attracted to each other. We did have a very sparky first date. And then I went to bed that night and I wrote a whole script in my head about who this person was without allowing them to actually show me who they were. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And we, look, we've all done it. We've absolutely all done it. His, uh, the perception that he has, he painted the first time out though, 
on, on a show like this, I think it's it's really important to give people that space to be to to change. Who Sam Wood was when we first met him was not the same Sam Wood that stood there and told Snajana he was in love with her. That can you just changes. can you elaborate on that just for just very quickly? He changed so much. He changed so much as to how he the responsibility that you know, it was the, my favorite moment, right? The responsibility that he took for the relationships that he had in the past that didn't work just blew my mind. He said, I realized why it didn't work. It didn't work because of me. It didn't work because I wasn't willing to cross this particular, you know, threshold of, 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 you know, whatever it was. And I've realized that now. And so, you know, I know that this is going to be great. And it is. And he's amazing. And he had that like that. And from one wow. moment to the next, he was a different man. And that's... That's, I think we need to give this man latitude. We have to give this man latitude to allow that because I feel he has really changed so much since we first met him. I'd like to think that, like I said to you, the first time we saw him was that party script that we all have. And it was just the words coming out of his mouth that he has said a lot, you know, and he didn't quite maybe understand the gravity of which they would land because it's such a small amount of time to make an impression. And as you mentioned, that's what she's going to take away with her. So she's had to work really hard to go, hang on a second. Is that why I'm really here? What am I doing? It's 10 weeks, 12 weeks of my life sitting around in a house with a bunch of other stinky dudes. <laughs> what am I doing this for? Uh, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really really stoked for him, actually. Uh, we get to the rose ceremony and uh, there's two lads going home. Do you think... Were there decisions made before the cocktail party? I have a feeling in this season that I feel like the girls are quite sure of themselves. I think you can see it at oh, hometowns yeah. as well. Like we'll get to it, but with the way that Becky Becky's done a Sam Wood and she's been very honest and open about her emotions, though I think that at this little pre-cocktail party, dinner party that scene that we see here, um, I think it's probably just served to make them more determined in their decisions. Yeah. And the, uh, the little baller banquet box comes out. Uh, the mysterious questions show up. James has asked about his fetish. <laughs> <sighs> I was just like, I mean, I'm all for making the bachelor a bit more spicy. Like this season's been very wholesome for me. Like I, I, I like my bachelor seasons to sit somewhere between like this season of wholesomeness and maths. Like I don't quite want red wine pouring on people's heads, but I do like a little bit of spiciness. But God, this was just very rogue. And I don't know how much it contributes to your, <laughs> whether you're going to get a rose tonight. And that's, and that's it. There is a moment there. I mean, we didn't even, I, we didn't even really need to go there to get to the spice that you require. Um, Becky was asked who at the table would be closest to Ellie's type. So this is not Ellie speaking. This is her sister assuming what, she wants. Now, she may be close to the mark. She may be off the money. She mentions all the boys except James. Who? How would you describe his reaction? Nah, it's like the worst reaction possible. Like, it is the, the most, like, I would prefer someone actually just articulate, like, hey, I felt like that was really cold. Like, you've just pointed out every other man at the table and I'm really invested and you can see that through this process because, like, I wrote her a note and I've given her my rose quartz or whatever. Um, I would prefer him just use his words, but he does this, like, 
really passive aggressive toxic thing where he's like he's just like sort of having a tantrum but there's no he's not like talking about his feelings or why he feels that way and oh I think this is what this is the point where I'm like I feel like Ellie may have sort of had a pretty good understanding of how she felt and this has just solidified it for her the the passive aggressive situation is uh yeah as as someone who has uh you know I, I i can relate i've certainly behaved like that in the past back in the day before i you know stood in front of a mirror and went come on man what are you doing uh so i've definitely done something like that um but i get it and it's and it's it's really very interesting because um if you want to get into transactional analysis here what you see is um you see this man go from an uh, from an adult state into a child state, and you know that is essentially you know that is you know you, ultimately you want to be in a, both in a uh, adult state having authentic communication, right? Um, but he's gone into a child state, and which we've all done. I do it absolutely, and um, it's so clear. You see his body language change, you hear his voice change, and the the people ask you know about the bachelor or why are there helicopters, why are there jet skis, why do we go on these things? In my opinion, I feel that the way the show and the format is designed is to um, compress uh, the uh, experience of getting to know somebody and and highlight it with uh, heightened experiences that will bring forth emotional reactions you otherwise wouldn't see, either emotion and intense emotional reactions, either of love and devotion or, or, or something else that you otherwise wouldn't see until six, nine months into a situation. Like you may have been, you know, going out with someone for a year and then for the first time they meet your, your second cousin and they say something. And then, you know, she says to this, your second cousin, something really weird. And you're like, I've known for you for a year. Mm. And that's the first time I've heard you speak like that. Whoa, that's kind of weird. But on this show, we have the opportunity to kind of see those things a, a lot quicker and this, and this yeah, this James thing is perfect because the reaction to, I, I guess, conflict like this is something that you would see um, four months down the track in a relationship and it would catch you off guard and you'd be like, damn, like I was really holding out hope that you were not that person because this is yeah. a massive red flag and you've got to do some work on yourself. So, and I mean. A, yeah. <laughs> And that's a great opportunity. And, and, you know, that is the opportunity here. And it really is because I can absolutely, I have absolutely done that. I have absolutely 100% done that. And um, it was only pointed out to me later on, you know, how I was behaving. And I did get the opportunity to go, oh, right. Okay. And, you know, you do get the opportunity to then live the rest of your life not being that guy. So he he doesn't get a rose. um, which would have been a stretch if he did get one after that. Uh, similarly, Sam did not get a rose. He's off to make pasta with other people um, and blow some lovely red balloons. Um, but he's out. So now we're locking straight into hometowns. We're getting there. Did you like my my secret note that I delivered? That was pretty special. Oh, it was perfect. Like any little bit yeah. of Osha that we see through <laughs> this series, I am so happy for. Will we be seeing you in the finale? Of course you'll be seeing me. Oh, okay, good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The no. uh, the holographic yeah. on my version. bike on Twitch, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't remember what it was, but it was like they did like a holographic two pack or something at some music festival oh, long, long ago. Oh yeah, at Coachella, it was a it was a stage effect called Pepper's Ghost, but uh, we did toy with that. Don't worry, that's how we did the Masked Singer finale. Uh, but there's something something similar does happen for uh, for the Bachelor at finale. Uh, we're gonna get into the hometowns in just a sec. Stay with us. We've got to pay the piper. Don't go anywhere. Cocktails and Roses returns. 10 News First Person brings you quality stories from the 10 News First team. Yeah, it was intense. It was uh, Armageddon. Eyewitness accounts from people that were there. I just started to try and free myself. You know, I had one free arm. I was able to dig around my face and free my other arm. Interviews with power brokers, journalists telling the stories that matter most to them. But it's about time that they started listening to the people. as people power now. We will not be silent! Subscribe to 10 News First Person on Acast or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Cocktails and Roses. I'm Osha Ginsberg. That's Alicia Aiken-Radburn. We are breaking down Season 6, Episode 7 and 8 of The Bachelorette. Becky and Ellie's quest to find love. The first sisters on the planet to have ever been bachelorettes. We're into hometowns. Very, very important. This is the part where we meet the parents. We meet parents and there's the classic grillings. The, are you here for the right reasons? I've seen on your Instagram that you won't go hiking <laughs> in 2007. You know, is that really your Labrador? You uh, were in a short skit back in university. Are you just an actor? <laughs> <laughs> the classic one. Poor the Carlin. classic. Oh, poor Carl. Joey uh, is our first hometown. There's a lot of COVID situations. Hometowns are very weird. We can't hug. We can't embrace. We, there's a lot of Zoom situations. Uh, we have to meet uh, families across two episodes because of the way this is all works. So um, the first hometown dates with Ellie and Joey. They meet at a park. Joey brings the secret weapon, the golden retriever. Yeah. The golden retriever, the absolute slam dunk of uh, Dog Park. Hey, how you going? Oh, this is Alfie. Oh, oh Alfie you. is such a cute name oh, as well. Oh, oh gorgeous. Oh, he's like my best mate. Yeah, it's just the two of us on the couch at night. Yeah. Joey is oh, so it's... wholesome. Like that is just there. There is a bit. There is a part, big part of me that just like wants Ellie to like live a like Newcastle suburbia fantasy with Joey and Alfie, yeah. and just have lots of babies and be super beautiful and cute because Joey is so lovely and Alfie is adorable. Is Alfie the kind of dog that you see on the back of the Hilux guarding the toolbox though? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it could be a good like um, juxtaposition. Very, it's it's it makes it even cuter. Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty special though. So we're already in the in the in the way of uh, decision making. We're primed. Like mm. she's been primed with the fantasy of Newey dog babies. It's all there, and then we mm. go straight to the manch because that was kind of like the only safe space that we could have everybody meet. I guess uh, I don't know. It wasn't there. Um, and Ellie is face to face with Jake, which is Joey's brother, and she's he's straight to it. He's like, "Okay, why no single date? Come on, what's the go? Is that a valid? Is that a valid point? How do you get this far?" It was um, it was good that he. I I, I found it 
it was good for a viewer to see him point that out because he's had like quite a lot of one-on-one time, um, but he yeah. does he hasn't had a single date, and I didn't actually realize that. What I didn't really love though was like he kept asking about skydiving, and like I get it. Uh, I obviously I went on The Bachelor with like a glimmer of hope that, you know, I'm never going to go skydiving off my own back. It's just not something I would do. But if I was in a situation where like for love and also TV, (laughs) I would probably, I would probably just get over it and get out of that plane. But I I just thought it was odd. Like keep that. I was like, that's fine. I'm sure everyone has like a glimmer of hope that they're going to be sent to do something absolutely wild on these shows because it's a part of the shows that I think Australians love. But you're not meant to say it. (laughs) Is she going to look him in the eye and say, mate, we spend the weekend together? Like there's no need for any single dates. I know I know everything that needs to be known here. <laughs> we have knowledge of each other that I don't want you as his brother to understand. Yeah, well, I think that that's basically what she ends up doing. She gets quite emotional yeah. though, which I was mm. surprised at as well. And I I, I guess like reading, the, this is just me writing my own narrative, but I wonder is she getting emotional because in the depths of her heart she knows that it's not going to be joe at the end and it's kind of hard sitting in front of the family this is just this is me like full speculating but i i do wonder like i i think that that would make me emotional if like i was going through this process and you know i've committed to this process and i'm still like i guess still trying to work it out but my heart in the depths of my heart, I'm being pulled elsewhere. I feel like I would feel a little bit guilty. Whoa, you think that's what it was? Yeah, I kind of do. Like, why else would you get so emotional? I wonder if there's another answer to that. I wonder if there's, you know, if she's if she's faced with what we saw Lockie deal with, like suddenly understanding that, oh, no, no, I'm totally picking this boy. And now I suddenly have to, I suddenly realize I have to tell another boy it's not him. You know, what if in that moment she yes. has understood that, oh, yeah, this is totally him. I'm totally going for here, but oh no, this means I'm going to have to tell this guy to go away. Ah, oh, and she's having that reaction about another guy sitting in front of the one that she wants to choose as brother. That was a mm. terrible apostrophe oh, that I just spoke. Yes, I'm so yeah, sorry. no, no, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. That. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that was the thing. You know, we saw it with Locke. The moment he saw, um, the moment he saw uh, Bella, he he wept because he knew that he was cho- he was choosing someone else. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so it could be the that. Same situation, it could be that. though. Bella didn't get picked, and my hypothesis is that Joe is not going to get picked. So that's why they're getting emotional in that moment because well, it's. Well, I think what I what I think is the other way around. I think she's having that. She's having okay. the, the realization. Right. I think she's having the realization that 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 Locke had when Locke was in tears, going, "I'm gonna have to break someone's heart," and that's. I think that's the first time it hit her. I don't know. Okay. It's, it, it gets interesting. There's a. Uh, when they do come to Pashing, goodness me, I can't. I, I, I felt a bit squirmy. I'm like, should I be watching this? This is a. It was it was intimate and it's interesting because I felt felt the same way with um, Becky and Pete's kiss 
after their hometowns and it was it was very charged it was very full of emotion and at this stage of when once we get to hometowns it really is the that we're not we're not staying in the mansion anymore we're all separated and everyone's like it's the same in bachelor in paradise everyone's sort of separated and forced to ruminate on their feelings for each other <laughs> for a good few days and for for Ellie and Joe they're not going to see likely not going to see each other until the next rose ceremony so toughy bit tricky the the next hometown well hometown experience i guess we call it Pete hey he's from Adelaide which is you know a lot of people rag Adelaide but look i've lived there for a while it's so much more than just a strange town on the edge of a desert with shallow graves in the hills it's a beautiful place <laughs> and um no it's true it's there's no town like snow town it's terrifying uh <laughs> he does his best to try and you know bring the adelaide experience adelaide is extraordinarily flat so cycling is a fantastic thing to do in adelaide that's why they have the tour down under there because there are hills involved but there's a lot of flat which is really really nice there's a picnic it's very very nice uh we meet some of pete's mates now i personally we always we make we make quite a big deal about introducing parents to um our partners but i i'm like so much more i'd be more worried to introduce my mates you know, because these are the people I spend, let's be honest, more time with than my parents. They live in another yeah, state. Yeah, and well, it's the... One, it's one of them lives in another realm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's, you know... It, these are the people that Becky is going to, you know, if if Becky and Pete end up together, these are the people who will likely become Becky's friends as well. And I liked how when when we progress through meeting the friends... Becky says that she can see herself being friends with his friends, which is very nice. They do have a conversation. Pete and Becky have a conversation about where are you going to live? And Becky, Newcastle. Pete, Adelaide. They're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, it does make me a little bit worried, but I did appreciate seeing Becky assert herself is not the right word but to to share that like she sort of wants a dude to move for her and I thought that that was really refreshing to see because I think so often on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette we see people trying to be quiet <laughs> you know I feel like sometimes people gloss over the difficulties of long distance relationships and it was good for Becky to sort of advocate for herself and say like look I really like this guy but I actually like really have a lovely life in Newcastle that I love and this is going to be hard I really like Becky and Pete as a couple I think they're really well suited so hopefully they can get past this barrier I I love that she is doing her part to subvert the dominant paradigm, smash the patriarchy. No, sir, my career, my friends are valuable. Mm-hmm. And, sir, if you value being with me, yes. you're framing that value by moving. Uh, we have expected the female in the relationship to do that since time immemorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon it's it's a bloody good boundary, and I'm thrilled that she's vocalised it on national primetime television. I'm right into it because that sets the... It kind of sets the scene. You know, like if you really want this, you'll come. That's it. You'll show up. As Becky's story uh, explains, you know, she really has reinvented and rebuilt an entire life for herself in Newcastle. Yeah. 
after what had happened. And it just happens to all of us after we, you know, have a relationship breakdown. We recreate our lives, recreate ourselves. We build a new community, uh, particularly if you were with someone and you had a lot of mutual friends. Sometimes you now have to create an entirely new friendship group. And I understand that she doesn't want to let that go. And I'm down for it. I'm thrilled with it. We, the next person we go to is Shannon. We saw something that we haven't seen that much uh, in this show since we began it. There was a vivid realisation during a hometown uh, about the gravity and the difference between feelings for each other, you know, and that was a lot for Becky to 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 realize why did, why do you think it took this long for her to to understand this i like to think that um i like to think that perhaps because of Pete's hometown it put some things in perspective for her i know she just she just had that really intense date with adrian where she was looking absolutely stunning so i wonder if uh, also, they've they've had some time apart, I imagine, while they've been doing all the logistics of each other's hometowns. And I wonder if it's through that period of just, you know, being a little bit more detached from the situation and thinking about your relationship, perhaps it's changed her perspective on it. She gets the re- revelation quite powerfully. It hits her like a bolt of lightning. And we see this moment where she walks in and takes him from the table and gets a moment alone with him. And I've got to say, what a champ. The way that... Oh, he was incredible. The way that he could absolutely see it and go... I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen it with Sam Frost when Michael Turnbull just saw it in her eyes and went, ah, it's not me. Okay. And let me, let me gentlemanly you... Gentlemanly... Lee, get you out of this. And he took it like, it just, what a, you know, I, I love when, you know, this show, a part of me loves when this show models behavior that we as a, as a community are disagreeance with, in disagreeance with, and we can then have a chat about it. But I also love when the show shows behavior and models behavior that we go, that's great. This is how it's done. You know, be a, be a man, understand that it's not about you. It's fine. You're still you. You're still great but she's not there and there's no point trying to pursue something if she's not there. So you can be disappointed. That's fine. But man, he, he was brilliant. I also thought that it was potentially in part, like why it hit her like a ton of bricks was seeing Shannon in the context of his fabulous friends who were just like so lovely, so understanding when she poured her heart out to them and and I think he really the fact the way that he was just saying like I like sort of identified that she's in love we don't know with who but she he prioritized her and her being in love mm. over his own pain and hurt which was really incredible to see. I would really like the people who cast this show to heed my words. When I say, I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) I have no say in it. I have no say in it. People get upset at me all the time about the casting of this show. You're barking up the wrong tree, man. I I just work here. (laughs) You know, that's like being upset at the person who checks out your groceries for the fact that there's no gluten-free pasta on the shelf. I don't don't order it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so look, I, I, I think people just have this fantasy that you're standing there with, as we've referenced multiple times in this show, with everyone's headshots and red pieces of string, yeah, just, just putting people into various relationships. Yeah, I'm just Machiavellian <laughs> in a Machiavellian scenario, yeah. just like uh, manipulating everybody. No, I just show up and count flowers. Um, let's get to our quiz. If you want to be a part of the quiz, podcast at network10.com.au. It's a very, very simple email to write into. Uh, the prizes are just, my goodness me, you know, there's a lot of hoo-ha going on about the things to be won at horse racing at the moment, but it's got nothing on the level of prizing that we have here on Cocktails and Roses. Who are we calling today, Alicia? We are calling Billy, and Billy's in Victoria. Her business has been in lockdown, but um, she's it's everything's starting back up today. So I'm excited. I feel like we're celebrating with Billy. Let's go. Hello, Osher Ginsburg and Alicia Aiken Radberg calling. Is Billy there, please? Yeah, this is Billy. Hi, how you going? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Ha- happy end of lockdown to you. I am so wrapped. (laughs) I mean, you still have to wear a mask, right? Yeah, 100%. But, like, if if I'm able to go to work and I can, like, leave my house, I'm so happy. (laughs) Tell me about the work. Yay. Uh, So I work in beauty and, yeah, I've just literally today is my first day opening up my salon again. So. Oh, Oh, that is so awesome, Billy. (laughs) And uh, the line around the corner for, oh, my God, my lockdown eyebrows are out of control. Save me. (laughs) You are just exactly on the money. Like, I got calls and messages as soon as it was announced. It was full on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, between uh, my wife and my my eldest, you know, I know all about this situation. It's it's pretty good. Uh, We've got three questions here. If you get them all right, you win the prize, uh, a prize which we do not know. Uh, it might be it might be an old mug from the TV show The Panel. Uh, it might be a mug. Ooh. Yeah, I know. It might be a, a mug from Negus at six, uh, which was a, yeah a show that lasted I think at least ooh, two weeks. Um, <laughs> you never know what you what what you might get a season one Family Feud board game with Grant Denyer's face on it. You never know. Ooh, that, would that, would be, that, that would be that would be really good. It's pretty. <laughs> I love a board game. I've actually. I've got one, yeah. Billy, and it's it's actually pretty good. I've I've yeah. played it. It's so fun. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I love it. We we don't want to keep you from the eyebrows that uh, the the crop the crops of eyebrows that require harvesting. Uh, we don't want to keep you from that. So hit them hit them with the questions, Alicia. Awesome. Okay, so first up, in Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor, Kristen made the top six. What language did she speak? Uh, Mandarin. I love that she went specific. specific as well. Specificity gets you far (laughs) in this quiz. Jared was trying to win Sophie Mark's heart in The Bachelorette. While Jared was in the mansion, he accused the other men of annihilating his what? Uh, Hot plant. (laughs) Hot plant. (laughs) And I have to point out that just this week is, I think, the three-year anniversary of... Jared, um, us all putting our pot plants out for Jared. Oh. Very sad. <laughs> oh, Jared. You are so oh. close. I'm going to so wear a. I'm going to wear a blue suit when I do mine. 
<laughs> um, Billy, last question. Who on this year's Bachelor in Paradise runs a jewellery business? Kathy. Yeah, Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah. yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Three from three. Three yeah. from three. Well done. Very good job. Hang on. Where's my? Okay. There it is. Yay! <laughs> All right. Congratulations. If you want to be a part of the quiz podcast at network10.com.au, and if your eyebrows are in trouble, uh, go and see Billy. She'll sort you right out. Uh, a cracking episode. We're rolling straight into the uh, the finale. Very exciting times. Who will get there? We've got another episode of Hometowns to get through before we get to the finale, though. So uh, I'll catch you for that next week, Leish. I'll see you then. I'm so excited. Excited.